Hi, welcome to What's the Plot. This is Sean. And this is Mandy. And we're back with another episode. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain. Good. What you been up to? Not much. Work, home, TV. Mmm. TV. So what you been watching? Uh, finished She-Ra. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched a little bit of House. Uh... We watched uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, I'm supposed to finish Jack Ryan Season 2. And then we've been watching Wolverine and the X-Men. The cartoon on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And what about yourself? Oh, me? Mm-hmm. Well, I want a second season of uh, The Punisher on Netflix. You have a second season. I'm on the second season of The Punisher. Oh, that's just you wanted a second season. Yeah, we got a second season. Okay. Don't got a third season. It's one of them shows they canceled on Netflix along with the Luke Cage thing. Yeah, Luke Cage needs to be canceled. Uh, of course, I'm still watching Chicago PD whenever they decide to load it up on Hulu. Oh, yeah, Chicago PD. I forgot about uh, that. I'm also watching The Good Doctor on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Life After Lockup, whenever they put that up. Life After Lockup is my joint. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching... I kind of discontinued Glow a little bit. Mm-hmm. I plan on getting back to it. Mm-hmm. I'm also watching uh, Gargoyles on Disney+. Plus. Gargoyles, yep. So uh, I think that's pretty much what I've been... I said I was going to go back and watch Orange is the New Black from the beginning, but not yet. You also said that you were going to do that for what? Oh, um, I thought you were watching uh, Supernatural from the beginning. Yeah, but it's 15 seasons, so I'm going to take my time with that. Mm-hmm. Did you start already, though? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on season one. Oh, okay. Episode like three or four. Yeah, you know I'm scary. I can't watch that uh, that kind of stuff. Do you plan on going back and watching anything? Uh, that's a good question. I, from time to time, I've thought about watching Pretty Little Liars from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, other than starting House from the beginning, maybe like Arrow or like something like that. It depends on like how I feel and like if I need something to watch. But as of right now, no. Okay. Is there anything you want to watch that's like on your watch list or anything? Uh, Bojack. I need to finish watching uh, Bojack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got like shows like Wu Assassin and stuff on there. Um, I got The Magicians on there, but that show's kind of hard for me to finish, so I don't know. I got a couple shows on there, but I'm not going to make any promises about watching those. What about yourself? Uh, some shows I want to watch is... Uh the Evolution of Hip Hop. I have that on my watch list. I thought we had that on the watch list anyway. Yeah, it's on the watch list. Okay. And um, Secret Obsession on Netflix. What's that? It's like, uh, um, it's you know Brenda Song from The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody? Yes. She's in that. I think it's something about like, I haven't seen, I haven't caught like the plot of it or everything, but like mm-hmm. it's like she has like some type of accident. Mm-hmm. And I guess this guy's like playing her husband, mm-hmm. but he's really obsessed with her. Mm. So I guess it was something that he did that caused her to be in the hospital. Now she has amnesia and she's oh. getting her memory back slowly. That's just what I've seen from the preview. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Want to see that. Okay. So, not really uh, much. I mean, it's, it's a lot on the watch list. Mm-hmm. But slowly but for surely getting to it. Mm-hmm. Taking my time, mm-hmm. staying off the social media. Me too. So as much as possible. Yeah, man. 
Oh, right. and before I forget, rest in peace to uh, Kobe Bryant and Gigi Bryant and the other seven people that were uh, on the helicopter that died last Sunday, so about a week ago. It's been a week. Yeah, very tragic. So rest in peace to all of them. Rest in peace. So, um, with that, we're going to spin off and we're going to get into this episode of... I have some news I want to talk about. Oh, my bad. We'll talk about that news. <laughs> then. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, you hear that. It kind of makes you a little sad, so... I know. Uh, it's, it should be really quick, though. Uh, they dropped a new trailer for Black Widow during the Super Bowl, uh, so it's a bit longer. It makes me a bit more excited for the movie. Don't know if you looked at it. Can you send me know? I haven't seen it, no. Okay. Um, and then they also released, uh, Marvel released like a like a teaser trailer, I guess you could call it, for the sh- new shows that are coming to Disney+. Plus. So, um the Falcon and Winter Soldier, sorry, and then <coughs> uh, Loki and then WandaVision. So they released uh, like trailers for both of those during the Super Bowl. So I'm excited to see uh, Black Widow a bit more, I think. Okay. So now we can go ahead and jump into the episode. Okay, let's do this. <coughs> so this episode, we will be continuing episode four mm-hmm. of The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Uh and as before, we're going to do it the same way. A little scene breakdown, a little input of what we think. And if you feel like you know something that we need to know, let us know. So the scene begins with Siri walking through the woods, and she's still hearing voices. People are calling her name. She opens some brush in the woods and sees a lighted area. She hears noises and turns around to see people Uh, standing and surrounding her and pointing their weapons at her and she pleads with them not to hurt her and tells them that she's lost and doesn't know how she got there right the lady tells her to follow her and she uh tells the others that if she tries to run then kill her she tries to stop her the lady that's leading her and she asks her uh, where she's taking her and says that she needs to find dara so then, uh, I'm assuming this lady that uh, comes walking through, I think she's the leader, I mm-hmm. guess, of all of them. She walks forward, and then the leader asks uh, Siri what's her name, and she tells her that her name is Fiona, and finds out that she's in the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Forest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. So these kinds of people, because, uh, I mean, they mention it later on, but I didn't know exactly, like, what they were. So they're called Dryads. Okay. Um, and then there's only women. So okay. I looked it up, and then this is on that witcher.fandom.com again. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to figure out, like, how they said that it's only basically, like, women. So it says they tend to have a slender and a small build. Don't know. Oh, here it is. It says dryads are exclusively female and use males of other humanoid races only for mating purposes. Like an Amazonian or something. I guess. So, um, and it's basically, like I said, it's only women that like live in that area. So, um, so then we move on to the next scene. Did you have anything to say about this one? No. 
We move on to the next scene, uh, and in this scene, there a, a, there is a man that starts talking about a creature that ate an entire village. Um, he says that this is the reason why they called uh, the White Wolf, which is Geralt. Um, he starts describing the fight between Geralt and the creature and says that the creature swallowed Geralt whole. Uh, and then they look over, and Yaskier is sitting there, and he's taking <laughs> notes. <laughs> and he says thank you to the guy because he said Geralt is uh, stingy with details. Uh, the man starts talking some more, and he says that uh, Geralt died. But Yaskier's like, oh, no, he's fine. Um, and then Geralt comes walking through the door, and he's covered in, like, the guts of whatever that creature is. Yeah, man. Uh, and he says that he had to basically kill it from the inside and basically ask for his money, like, when he comes in. So here comes Yaskier's big moment. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody starts singing uh, Toss a Coin. Uh, his hit single. <laughs> yeah. His platinum single. <laughs> Uh, um, Yaskier, uh, he tells Geralt that it's time for him to repay his debt for making him famous, like with the song and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and says that he should get a percentage of his coin, but he basically wants a different favor. Uh, Geralt tells him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and then he asks Geralt to attend a feast with him as his bodyguard. Uh, and Geralt finds out that basically the reason why he wants him to be his bodyguard is because there are some lords that are at this betrothal. I guess like this, uh, not a wedding ceremony, but it's like a proposal kind of thing. Like men that are there like for the princess, basically. Asking for her hand in marriage. Yeah, it's like a courting ball, something like that. Right. Um, so it's kind of like a chicken. Um and basically, there's men there that might want to kill Yaskier because I guess he's been sleeping with people's wives. Ain't no guessing. <laughs> um, he tells Yaskier basically, like, uh, he'll go, but he's not killing anyone. And then they continue to talk about, like, some other things. Do you have any thoughts on that scene? Uh, besides the ultra nastiness, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, him walking in. Like, him walking in, extra mm-hmm. nasty. Mm hmm. I'll probably have to watch that episode again mm-hmm. just for the beginning part. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I don't know exactly, like, where they're located, actually, at this time. I don't know if it was ever mentioned. Um, all I know is they're in, like, some pub, and there's, like, some guy in there, and he's, like, telling, like, this whole exaggerated story, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so then we move on to the next scene uh, where they show up to the betrothal. Troldal? I cannot say these words. <laughs> And it's for the princess of Sintra, which is Ciri's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geralt is dressed different so that he doesn't stand out. Um, people actually said he was dressed like a silk trader. I don't know if that's like <laughs> disrespectful back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so uh, he walks in and he's trying not to stand out. And then Mousesack sees him and he basically just like yells out his name. So like everybody's like cheering and stuff like when he comes in. And he calls out his full name and his title. So he calls him, did he call him Garrett Rivia Butcher of Black? I don't know. But he called him like by his, his <laughs> full name and title, basically. Um, and then Garrett and Malsack are walking through the event talking. Uh, at one point, Yaskier is confronted by someone that believes he slept with their wife. 
uh, Geralt says it wasn't him because he was kicked in the balls by a Nazi when he was younger. <laughs> so basically, it couldn't be him. The guy was like asking to see his ass cheeks or something. He was saying that he remembered. Yeah. Him. Um. So uh, after Geralt helps him out, he tells Yasker he's on his own after that. Yeah. Um, then the queen enters the room uh, after she's returned from a battle. So she's like all dirty and bloody and stuff like that. Mm. Not like her blood anyway. Yeah. Um, and then the princess is basically, she's not happy about this event. Um, and her mom basically tells her like, it'll be over soon. Um, she tells her to stop crying that she didn't want to marry her father and that she can have whoever she wants when she's married. So basically she's telling her, like, okay, you can go ahead and get married, but you can go off and do your own little side thing once you're you're married. A lot of them did that. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, if we're being honest, like, it was looked down on more if women did it versus guys. Men were able to have, like, their side pieces at court with them. Okay. And that was, like, a proud thing in a sense. Because they had, they a lot of the times they would have multiple women. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, people forget that marriage is more was more so of like a business thing way back when. It was more so like mm-hmm. you didn't marry for love. Yeah, let's like connect this so we can take over this mm-hmm. and put these together so we can yeah. be more powerful here. It wasn't yeah. about love. I mean, it, it happened. It yeah, was about love, but it wasn't like that's the main key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right, but at the same time, it's just like. I don't know. It was different. The guys were able to have, like, every night a different woman in their bed if they wanted to. That's true. Whereas the women weren't able to do that. And if she was, she'd probably burned at the stake for it. With so. multiple illegitimate kids. Yeah. And then if they didn't want people to know about the, these illegitimate kids, they could send somebody out to kill them, basically. Yeah. It's a lot back in the day. I don't, know how, people, I don't know how people survived back then. Um, and then basically the scene, like, ends with her telling the princess that she has her blood and she'll be fine. Not sure okay. what that means. <laughs> I guess I guess he's a fighter on Sur- survival. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're back in the Brokelin Brokelin forest. Siri's mm-hmm. uh, being led through the forest. Still, uh, the lady asks Siri, "Does she not remember how she got to the forest?" Um, she tells her basically that it called out to her, and that there were many more like it before the conjunction of the spheres. So we talked about that and. I think like episode two? Uh, yeah, something like Yeah, around that time. Um, so I don't know if she's saying if, like, their people uh, either got killed off or something like that. Um, when she said there was many more of them. So probably, like, after all of that happened. Same thing probably that happened with the elves. They probably, you yeah. know. Got pushed into a corner. Anything that looks different. Uh, she mm-hmm. says that they had to fight off mutants and men. Uh Basically, like, men who wanted to take their pleasures with them. Uh, and she said that they had to adapt, basically. Um, then we hear uh, Dar yell, and they pull the arrow out of his arm and put some water on it. Uh, the lady says that the water is potent, and all newcomers must drink it, and if they bear ill intent towards the forest, they will die, and if they're pure in heart, they will survive and stay there. And the water helps them to forget the hurt that they experienced before arriving there. I want to uh, try to understand that a little bit more because I didn't understand that because how had they had that happen to mm-hmm. somebody actually die before? I was hoping that somebody got sick so we can actually see it work. 
saying? Well, they put it on his wound. Dar. And he also ingested it, right? Like he drank it. Later on. Okay. Not at that moment he didn't. They put it on his wound and it healed his wound. Like you could hear it like sizzling on his skin in a sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> peroxide water. Um, and then she tells both Siri and Dara that they're going to have to uh, drink the water and all will be revealed. So, like, for some reason, it feels like. So, like, when she told the lady that her name was Fiona, it's almost like the lady called her Fiona, like she didn't believe her. In a sense. Maybe that. It was maybe motherly. I, it was motherly. Maybe I read into it wrong. But it's almost like she called her Fiona like she didn't believe that her name was Fiona. Right. You know how some people say you, you don't look like the name you have? <laughs> That's not the same thing. To me it is. But I don't know if they have, like, special, like, powers or, like, anything of that nature. And maybe she could pick up on something. I felt like she knew or someone there, like, I felt like they knew. Maybe so. Um, so then we end up back at the feast and then there's two men arguing over killing some beasts because men, uh, the queen stops them and says that they have a guest there that can determine if they're telling the truth or not. Um, and Geralt says that neither one of them are telling the truth. (laughs) Um, they talk more about fighting and his fight with the elves and things like that. Um, and then the queen invites him to sit with her. So. In this scene, like, when these guys are going back and forth and saying, you know, when he tells them that neither one of them, like, neither one of the animals, I guess, exists or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's almost like he said something in order to calm people down from fighting. So he's like, uh, it might have been, like, some other type of, like, beast or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I guess people's egos wouldn't be hurt. Um and then, like, when they were talking about the story of, like, him with the elves and stuff like that, he basically corrected them. Because, you know, Yaskier wrote a song. Mm. But I think he, like, exaggerated some stuff in the song. He usually does. Exactly. And so, Gerald actually started telling the real story about what happened. And people were looking at him like, really? So, but I think him telling the truth is the reason why the queen... uh invited him to the table because she's saying like you know you can admit like your failures i guess in a sense yeah and then she invited him to come and sit with her at the table Hmm. so (sighs) men in their uh egos and then there's a bunch (laughs) of them in a room so (laughs) so then we move to did you have any comments there not for this particular scene no okay not for this particular scene uh, so then we move back to the forest, and um, he questions uh, Siri about why the lady called her Fiona. Um, she says that Mousak taught her to never re- tell anyone who she was outside of the castle. And then Dara shocked to even know that she lived in a castle. So he said, Castle. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't even know, basically. So she tells Dara who she is and he backs away from her and says that the queen, her grandmother killed his family and Siri denied it. Like she wasn't, she didn't believe it. Obviously she's still in like disbelief or like, she's still learning a lot about life outside of the castle. And it kind of sucks that she's finding out the way that she has been because she technically like inherits some beef with people that she didn't even know anything about. I mean, that's what happens when you're like, it's not her fault, but when like, you're like 
royalty and like sheltered mm-hmm. for all that time and then all these things start happening to her at mm-hmm. like one time so yeah she's kicked out of her house at this point mm-hmm. her home mm-hmm. her everything that she's known so now she really gets to see that everybody doesn't uphold these people mm-hmm. like she sees them because she's actually related to them yeah people actually hate some like royals mm-hmm. because yeah. of the things that they put the townspeople through yeah and of course he's an elf so a lot of his people were killed which is sad so he starts actually detailing some of the stuff that happened i'm not gonna like go into everything but he said like babies were being swung by their legs and heads being smashed women being raped um and he said that he basically was the only one left because he hid so he actually felt like a coward in a sense but at the same time he's a kid do you know what I mean? Was it like survivor's guilt almost? Basically. Like what, what What? could you possibly do as a kid? Yeah, I guess besides ending up dying with everybody and then all of your people were really gone. Right. But it's just sad though. I mean, he's a, he's a kid and he feels like he could have done more, I think is what he was saying. Yeah. But I mean, if everybody died, he probably would have died as well. True. So, um... He says that he doesn't want the uh, dryads. I think I'm saying that right. He said he doesn't want them to know because uh, he would do anything to forget who he was. Um, She says that she can't basically like drink the water uh, because she has to find her destiny and he questions like why. Um, He's basically telling her that he doesn't need, she doesn't need to listen to her grandmother. Grandmother's dead. She needs to start thinking for herself, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, obviously her destiny being finding Gerald, I guess. Yeah. Right. You got any comments on that? I mean, their back and forth is uh, eventually revealing. I just wait to certain parts. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I know sorry. it's coming. You know. <laughs> so then uh, we go back to the feast, um, and it's the queen uh, the witcher and the princess, and they're all sitting at the table. Um, the queen and girl, they're having a conversation about different things that I'm not going to detail. Um, but some of the stuff is like, she technically like asked him, like, can she trust him to stop any fights or anything that might happen that night? Um, and then someone from Nilfgaard steps up to claim the daughter's hand in marriage. And then the queen starts to insult him basically. And then, um, we basically move on from the scene with somebody else that's like stepping up. So, yeah. Um, I feel bad for the princess because she looks extremely uncomfortable throughout the entire thing. Um, and then one of my questions is why won't people just let Geralt just be? What do you mean? Why does, why do people always want him to fight? Like he's at this, this event. He told Yaskier before he came, he wasn't doing anything. I think he basically told the queen, like, I'm not doing that either. And it's like people are still like he can't even just be somewhere and just enjoy himself or just sit because mm-hmm. because of his abilities, people know what he can do. It's like they want him to be doing stuff at all times. You know what? It's that thing that I told you a while back. Mm-hmm. It's like when people find out that you can do something. Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody know that you can sing mm-hmm. or sew mm-hmm. or fix a car. Mm-hmm. When they see you out, they're like, "Oh, you sing? Mm-hmm. Sing me something? Yeah, you sew." You should sew me something. Or you dance, you should do a dance for me. Yeah, it's like, what? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, he's here and he's he's told not just 
you know, you ask her, you still multiple people. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. I guess people still want him to do stuff. Also, I meant to, just to go back real quick, that scene where uh, Yaskir was like giving him a bath. <laughs> do you remember that? I don't know. This is after he asked him to go with him to the feast and he was telling him like he needed to change out of those clothes. Did he like wash his back or something? Yeah, I guess. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's like personal space <laughs> that he's like all in. Um, and then one of my other things is so one of her insults, I guess, was, like, something about, like, multiple usurpers in mm-hmm. the Nilfgaard kingdom. Yeah. So, are I wonder, like, were they just not a very organized kingdom? Because I feel like in current day, I guess this is... I'm kind of confused. So, I don't know if this guy is, like, a commander or if he's, like, the heir. You know, like, the rightful heir to the Nilfgaard throne. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy with the feather hat? Because I could have sworn they said he came back and took his rightful place. Okay. I'm assuming that's him. Unless it's not him and this guy's just some kind of commander. Don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> but basically it sounds like throughout history they've just had usurper after usurper after. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like how she's made it sound. So it's like maybe that's why in that first episode she didn't take it very serious, the threat. Oh. Because. Uh, yeah their kingdom for a while has probably been all over the place. Right. So it's no, it's no strength in having these. Yeah. People that's not in the bloodline or whatever. I don't know, but it sounds like it's a lot going on for like no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we move to the next scene, uh, with Jennifer and the queen of Adern. I forgot what her name is. Um, and they're in a carriage and they're talking, uh, and the queen is like holding her newborn baby, I guess. Um, Yennefer says she must return to Adern after delivering the queen safely to her destination because I think the queen wanted her to stay with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yennefer starts talking about the things that she regrets, but she was talking about it in a way, you know, people were like, oh, I love this or I love this, but they're sounding like sarcastic, ain't it? Yeah. It kind of was like that. Um, and then she also talks about like what she imagined her legacy, what her legacy would be um, and how she's mainly used up to clean up like political messes basically mm-hmm. and she calls herself a royal ass wiper <laughs> uh the queen says that uh to yennefer anyway she says at least people look at her for what she is and not what she can give them so basically like the, what the queen is saying like people just expect her to push out babies and things like that yeah whereas people may look at yennefer for like her actual abilities as a mage but I mean, there's they still being used. Yeah, yeah. So it's very true. But I, I, I mean, I can see the distinction that she's trying to make, though. Yeah. Um. So then they continue talking, and then uh, you hear the horse screaming outside, and then there's some sort of blade that like comes through the side of the carriage, and then you hear more men screaming, and Yennefer looks out to see someone get killed while something really fast is running by. <laughs> this thing gets really nasty. <laughs> <laughs> they step out of the carriage uh, to see men's bodies severed everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, arms are, and legs are, like, separated from bodies. Like, yeah. heads is, like, just laid out in the snow. Um, and then there's a lone guard that, like, steps out. And then they all turn and see a man that's dressed in black 
uh, with face paint and he's an assassin. And then he got this really nasty six-legged creature next to him. Um, I don't know if you could describe it as looking like a lobster or like a it, crab. Or it's like, like a lobster spider. Well, aren't crabs and spiders like in the same family? Crustaceans? I don't know. What a crustacean? I don't know. I don't know. Cause lots of- I would Google it, but I'm afraid to see a picture of a spider, so... <laughs> I'm just not gonna look it up, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's and it. This thing has maybe that's the blade that went through the side of the thing. Could have been yeah. his because he has like these two things in the front. They look like two big old blades, like in the very yeah, front, like it's, fang blades. It's nasty. Call it a fang blade. Um, so then they start to run, and Jennifer opens a portal for them to escape. She does it several times, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tells the queen that, um. Basically, that guy was sent to kill her because she has yet to provide the king with the male heir. Yeah. Um, and then this guy is obviously he's continually continuously chasing them. And then during like this whole thing, the queen like starts to insult Jennifer and calling her useless and things like that, and calling <laughs> her a useless b word and all this other stuff. And Jennifer eventually opens a portal and then she leaves the queen behind. Well, she was being a little uh, feisty, mm-hmm. and. She was opening. It was, it was a pretty, pretty good like scene. Like the way it transitioned from like yeah. the calm yeah. wagon ride to uh-huh. the action of this creature, bladed lobster, <laughs> or crab, or whatever. I don't even know what that is called. Mm. And then this guy, like, he doesn't say anything. Nothing at all. He's. he's I wonder how he commands it because mm. he doesn't say anything. I don't know. Maybe it's more so like they have a mental connection. A mental connection, like a, <laughs> you know, like dogs are a man's best friend. Dogs are in like <laughs> chopping people's heads off and stuff. So they can. That's very true. If you give them a sword. Speaking of dogs, remind <laughs> me to tell you something about this other podcast that I was listening to <laughs> oh. later on. <laughs> okay. Um. So then we get back to the feast. Um, and the queen is talking about, she's talking to Geralt about male traditions and how women should be able to decide. Let me go back really fast. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, I don't understand why, like back in the day, like, so he sent somebody to kill her because she couldn't produce a male heir, but is that her fault or should he have, see the thing about back in the day is they, the men never thought it was their fault. I feel like back in the day, if they weren't able to uh, produce, they didn't feel like it was their fault. But you also got to think about nature. You're more, not to get make this a science class, but you're more, uh, the prob- probability of you having a, a daughter mm-hmm. is way more so higher mm-hmm. than having a male. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know science. They yeah. just felt like, hey. It's her fault. It's her fault because I'm the man and I know I can make boys because my father probably made all boys. Or my father got one daughter and five boys. Which is one of the things that the guy, the Nilfgaard guy, who stepped up and asked for her hand in marriage, Mm -hmm. that was one of the things he said. He said his mom had like all boys or something like that. So he knew that his sperm was strong or something like that so he could produce male heirs. And I'm just like, 
You don't know what no, <laughs> you can produce. It's like the luck of the draw, heating, chemicals, all types of stuff that makes between a male and a female. But that's just like, so back in the day, you know, they somebody was trying to have a kid and then they couldn't produce. It mm-hmm. was automatically the woman's fault and she was barren. Right. Never was the male's fault. Maybe his sperm counts low yeah, <laughs> or something all, of that nature. You know what I mean? From all that drinking and whoring. Exactly. Or like all that physical activity and stuff that he does. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you go to war, you get hitting up, hitting your man parts a few times. That can mess with some stuff. Or diet. They probably they were diet. eating really bad. A lot of them had big stomachs. I'm sure they all had like hypertension. Yeah. All types of crap. Yeah. Um. So uh, back to the feast. <laughs> <laughs> the queen asks him, uh, "Why are there so few witchers left?" And he tells her that uh, basically at this point it's impossible to make more since. Care Morin? Care Morin? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was sacked or, I guess, invaded. And that's where witchers used to train, okay. basically. Um, he's, uh, then a man comes in, he fights off the guards, and he apologizes to the queen, and then proceeds to ask for the princess's hand in marriage. Uh, he says that uh, a knight's oath, because he comes in with his helmet on, it prevents him from revealing his face until the sounding of the twelfth bell. They do a lot of like superstitious things back in the day. Very superstitious. Ain't no split no calls. <laughs> I, well, I guess in this time frame, it might make more sense, especially since of how things go. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Iced or East, I always forget his name. He basically knocks his helmet off to reveal that the man has the face of a porcupine. <laughs> <Play>. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess he's like, we don't care. <laughs> he knocks his helmet off. Um, and then the queen basically, like, she looks really, really shocked, and she wants Geralt to, like, kill him. Everybody sees him as a creature, naturally. Um, but Geralt refuses, and he says, like, uh, basically, like, the man is cursed. Okay. Uh, which is why he has the... I wonder is his full body like that. His hands look like they were like that. Did they? Yeah, if I remember, like... So he has a man's body, but it's porcupine-ish? Like the skin. And of course, like the spiky head. And the nose. And those little teeth. How did he eat? I feel like Slowly. I heard somewhere that someone says that he only turns... I think at night he turns back into a man or something. And then like during the day he's a porcupine. I don't know. I'll have to look at that. Okay, I didn't see nothing about that. Yeah, I feel like I heard it somewhere. Don't know. Um... So then the queen asks everyone, uh, after Geralt refused, she wants everyone in the room to kill him. And then everybody attempts to fight him, but he fights them off. Um, he tells the queen that he claimed to he came to claim what is rightfully his, uh, which is the princess under the law of surprise because he saved the deceased king's life. Right. Um, so when the man is knocked down to the ground and he's about to be killed, uh, the princess basically like says no. Um, and he's saved by Geralt, who, like, cuts this guy's sledgehammer-looking thing in half. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, the queen wants both of them killed, both Geralt and the, um, porcupine man. <laughs> and then everybody basically starts fighting. And then the queen eventually gets up, and she grabs a sword, and she stops the fight. So she grabbed this guy's sword, kicked him down the stairs, <laughs> and then went to the middle of the floor to stop everything. I don't know how you deal with that. What? She's like scrappy, man. I mean, maybe that's just like how she came up. She's scrappy. She's to say stuff like 
you can have your little thing on the side. And she's <laughs> I like, like it though. She's ready to cut heads. Yeah. She's like, I mean, she came in from that battle, beer in hand, like yeah. sword. She's bloody and like all this other stuff. I think but, it's kind of cool though. I mean, it's cool, but it, it makes you understand that she had to step up mm-hmm. and be that. Uh, she's feminine. She's very feminine, but yeah. she has to be that dominant and she has to be that masculine energy you can have a female heir to the throne yeah you can and and for the people that's listening it is possible mm-hmm. for women that are feminine mm-hmm. that are women that dress up mm-hmm. to exude some type of masculine energy just when we like, need to and just like it's you can have feminine men mm-hmm. that aren't uh that are uh heterosexual mm-hmm so yeah. it's possible. Yeah, I just—it's just silly that they feel like they always need. Because what if you have a son and he's a coward? Right. So it's like that's more so like courage, though. What do you mean? Like a cowardly lion boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, like I don't know if you remember this fight scene, but it was a pretty good scene. It was well choreographed. I liked it. it was- um, and then I didn't notice this. I noticed this on my second watch that uh, Ice basically like joined. Uh, Geralt and the uh, Lord or whatever mm-hmm. fighting on their side because he honors that law of surprise. Okay. Do you, I don't know if you remember that, but he basically like started fighting on their side basically. Okay. Um, so then um, we go back to uh, this six legged creature and this assassin man. Uh, so the queen is basically like pleading for her life because Jennifer left her behind. Uh, and this lady offers up her baby to save her own life. Uh, but then she's still killed, so it doesn't matter. Uh, then, By fang blade. Yeah. So then Jennifer shows up. Actually, no, the creature didn't kill her. The dude. The assassin threw a, a knife or something and slit her throat. Well, fang blade's owner. <laughs> and then Jennifer shows up and uh, she... Shows up, like, just in enough time to, like, save the baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how she did it, but she used her powers, and she actually killed the creature. Mm, yeah, which means that, I wonder, was she holding back on purpose? Probably so. I mean, when you're talking crap to somebody. But she didn't start that initially, though. No. So either she was just like, okay, this lady's just going to have to die because he's going to constantly send somebody after her. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. But yeah, she basically, she eventually kills uh, the creature and then she blocks the assassin uh, for a moment. She grabs the baby, leaves the portal, and then the assassin like threw a knife like as she's like leaving through. So her arm gets cut by the assassin, but she's all right. Um, And then the baby eventually dies, I guess, from drowning in the water. And then Yennefer tries to save her. But what I was thinking was throughout this whole entire thing, Mm -hmm. that baby went through a lot of trauma. Them coming through portals and dropping onto the ground. Did the baby get hit? Did, did something go through Jennifer's shoulder? The baby's face was blue. Okay. So I don't know if it was from them. Because she landed in the water. Okay. So I don't know if it maybe was from that. Because I, I know the blade hit Jennifer. I didn't see any blood or anything on the baby. It was still swaddled, and but it was just blue. Okay. So I'm assuming maybe it died from... I was thinking trauma and the water because I mean the baby was dang near getting dropped on the ground every time they were like coming through a portal yeah so which is sad poor baby um so we find out we're back at the feast and we find out that basically like the uh princess 
and the Lord, they know one another, mm-hmm. which is why she said, like, no, when the guy was getting ready to kill him. Um, so she runs to him and says that she told him to stay away. How cute. <laughs> um, so basically, like, this guy was cursed as a boy. Yeah. Um, and he took the law of surprise as payment for saving the king's life. Um, so the queen and uh, Easter, I don't know. They exchanged some words. Um, they talked some more about uh, events that happened, saying that he never intended to meet her. This is the Lord saying about mm-hmm. the princess. He never intended to, like, meet her or anything. He was just watching her and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so basically they believe that destiny brought them together. Um, so then the queen walks up to him, and she looks like she's getting ready to accept him, right? But then she whispers in his ear. She says, here's your destiny, and she attempts to stab him. <laughs> <laughs> Scrappy, man. <laughs> She's very scrappy. Um, and then Pavetta screams. And then, so it's almost like she sent like a, a, I put like a wave of like wind light power, but it was kind of like, um, it's knocking everybody else away. And then her and the guy are like levitating in the air. So it's kind of like a tornado, like around them. And it's like knocking everybody else away. She's like a super black canary i do you think that's i mean she did scream she screamed which activated her powers yeah could be but she also levitated yeah which is and then like okay so when she does all that it's like knocking people to the floor it's breaking windows um and then it continues and like i said she and this guy are like in front of one another they start levitating and she's speaking elder don't know what she's saying. Um, Gerald uh, pulls out one of his potions out of his pocket and drinks it. Mm. And then uh, Mouse Sack, he tries to start using his powers, but, like, that wind is, like, blowing yeah. stuff just like, boy. So. Voice it is do say. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Gerald uses one of his signs. <laughs> <laughs> and it knocks them to the floor, Pavetta and the guy. So to get everything to stop, he knocks them to the floor. Uh, and apparently uh, Pavetta's grandmother had the same powers, but it skipped the queen because the queen's like, I thought it skipped you like it skipped me. Yeah. Um, so then um, the queen basically like she eventually, I guess, approves of their marriage and Eister East. He basically, I don't know if he asked for her hand in marriage or if he just like told her they were getting married. He said the queen also accepted my proposal of marriage. I think that she was ready for him. And, she needed him. And, and then I think it was like a 50 50 type thing. Yeah. I think he helped, uh, helped to bring her uh, full circle. Yeah. Cause I don't rem- <laughs> like, you're right. I don't remember him saying like, Hey, yeah, but you know what? He's, he's normally ready to scrap twos, but maybe he's a bit more on the calmer side versus her. So maybe they, uh, balance each other out. Yeah. That could be a thing. Uh, so then we get back to, uh, Siri and she's having visions about like events that occurred, so, like people dying and stuff like that. Dara has already drank the water and then they offered it to Siri to drink. So she actually drank it, uh, but nothing happened. And then the lady says something about Shen Cayenne. <laughs> Somebody uh, was calling to Siri. Uh, then we get back to Jennifer who was on the beach and she's like just talking to the baby about how she won't miss much in life. How girls are just vessels for men to just take until they're left empty and alone. Um, Jennifer's and been then there. it's almost like she's reflecting on her own life. 
And then, like, what she's seen, you know, like, women go through during that time. Which is, uh, I mean, it's honestly kind of true. I mean, because even, like, with her having power, I'm sure people still want her, like, for her looks and her body and things of that nature. Yeah. What? I mean, to each his own. I mean, she was, I mean, she was even getting it on even in her, you know, hunchback form. So I mean, She was hunching in a hunch. <laughs> What does that mean? Hunching. No, hunching. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so after she's done, like, talking to the baby, she uh, she buries the baby, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we uh, get back to the feast, and we see uh, Pavetta and the Lord. And they're, Lord. Yeah, Pavetta and the Lord, whose name I do not know. Um, and they're taking their vows. Um they kiss, and then, like, the guy starts making noises, and then we see he transfers back into a man. Right. Um, and then they say, because of the queen's blessing of the marriage, it lifted the curse on him. So, he's no longer a porcupine. <laughs> um, and then the lord says, he says to Geralt that he has to repay him for saving his life. <laughs> and <laughs> Geralt, for God knows what reason... Also does the same thing and does this whole law of surprise thing. So then the queen basically, like, she asked him, she said, like, what have you just done? Pavetta throws up, and now everybody knows that she's pregnant. She could have some bad food. Nah. Nah, that's not what that was. <laughs> um, Geralt is, uh, obviously, he's not happy about it. I think he said fuck. <laughs> but he still leaves because he was already getting ready to leave. And yeah, then the guy stopped him. Some wet clothes on. Go ahead. Yeah. And then so he basically continues to leave. And then Malsack tells Geralt he's going to stay and guide Pavetta and her powers and tells Geralt he should also stay since he's bound to this situation because of the kid that's going to come into this world. Yeah. Uh, Geralt doesn't believe in des- like this destiny thing at all. Right. Um, and he, like, refuses, basically, to stay. Um, Malsack says if he leaves without claiming the child, then he will unleash calamity upon them. Um, Gerald just basically tells Malsack, like, be careful, you know, people could stab you in the back, things mm-hmm. of that nature. He basically says, like, goodbye, old friend, and then he leaves. Yeah. So then we switch to current day, and then we see the queen dead on the ground. And, uh... Sintra is on fire. So this is like during the whole little battle thing right. from first episode. Um, so I'm assuming that transition means like when he says like you're going to bring calamity upon us. Is this supposed to indicate that calamity? Uh, probably so. And a little context. Mm-hmm. Did you say in the beginning like at the split of everything? Mm-hmm. Like Gerald going to this uh, ball of dance. It's predated of mm-hmm. what series actually going through at her time. What do you mean? So, Geralt and Yaskier and the mm-hmm. Queen. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're watching it, you know what we're saying. But it's predated mm-hmm. to, and then what Siri is going through mm-hmm. is happening at that time. So they're giving us context so it can make sense to us. Oh, you mean like switching back to the present day? Yeah. Part? So it's present. Yeah, yeah that's past. what I'm saying. Like, because Malsack said, like, if you leave, then you're gonna unleash this whole little thing upon us. Right. So, is that transition mean like that's what the whole unleashing is supposed to be? It could have, but I feel like destiny is destiny. 
Like, it couldn't happen on a fucking... Uh, so it probably was going to happen anyway. Right. Is that what you're saying? On a bright, sunny day. That's true. It doesn't have to... Everything... I don't know why people do this, like, in these times. Mm-hmm. Everything doesn't have to end or begin with war. But you know what? I think even in present day, I'm going to be honest, I feel like some people still want that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like some people are, like, ready to go. Like... At all times, like, we, we're going to have to do it this way because of this and, like, all this other stuff. And it's just, like, you know you don't have to kill people and do all this extra stuff in order to get your point across. Yeah. But that's how they operated back in the day. Very that's how they, so. they showed their um, superiority, I guess you could say. Um, so, like I said, we see the queen dead on the ground. Um, so there's this guy, he cuts off a piece of her skin and then he eats it and then dies. Um, and then after he does it, I guess he sacrificed himself in a sense. Yo, that was mad corny. It was very nasty, actually. I was thinking about this scene, the other, actually, the other day. And he I started laughed. foaming at the mouth. I laughed so hard. So stupid. Because she, like, s- split him open or something, right? Yeah, she cut him open and his intestines and stuff fell out. Um, but I guess them doing that was a way for her to track Siri because they knew where she, that she was in the forest. So then. she couldn't like lick her finger and put it to the wind. <laughs> I don't know. She's <laughs> she had to take a whole life. Yeah, I, I guess that's like how they try. It's kind of like on Once Upon a Time, like where you need what is it that you need from somebody in order to check, like something that they've one of their greatest or their possessions that they love or something in order to find them. I forgot how it goes. We haven't watched it in a while. No, that should get back. And we to actually it. haven't finished it. Good show. We should, but they ain't gonna go into that right now. Exactly. We're doing. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um. Um. So then, like after all this, we also see that Malsack is in chains. So they have found him. Um. Then uh, we're getting here to the end, and Siri is still in the forest. They cut open this tree and tell her that she has to drink the water from its source. So she catches it in her hands and drinks it out of her hands. And then once she drinks it, she has a vision of herself in the desert. Well, it looks like the desert to me anyway. With the tree. And then the tree starts speaking to her. And the tree says to her, like, what are you, child? And then, like, it ends. Hmm. So that was episode four. Did you have any thoughts or anything on this episode? I like this episode. Did you? Tons of dialogue to me. Tons of dialogue. But I like details. And I like things that help. Because sometimes when I watch shows or something, uh-huh. if it's not enough to keep me interested, mm-hmm. I start daydreaming and thinking about other stuff. Mm-hmm. Or I might start doing something else while I'm watching a show. So. I did that while I was watching this episode, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it kept it kept me uh, drawn in because I like the fact that the little boy, or Dara, mm-hmm. is a black character. Yeah. The black uh, elf and everything. Mm-hmm. So I like his character. And mm-hmm. I also like that um, the context that was given mm-hmm. about because I'm like you know you're watching the first couple episodes mm-hmm. you're wondering how they even connected yeah so it gave a lot of of that pieces and it lets you know that uh, Yaskier mm-hmm. and uh, Geralt have been in cahoots for a long time you know what somebody brought up a good point why hasn't he aged Yaskier looks very the young, same the exact same <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Maybe it's, it has something. I understand that Gero has the mutation and everything. Maybe it has something to do with the, the world. The, but then what about the people that get older then? Who? I'm sure people get that are younger get older. Oh, I'm sure. 
Now, I understand, like, magical people. That's true. Is Yasuke magical? Maybe we'll find out in season two. Is his magic just writing music? Hey, he's a beast on the ones and twos. I also found out that a bard is like a poet. Maybe they kept calling him a bard. Well, damn it, he's a poet. <laughs> is he? Making up stuff? Hey. <laughs> if Yasuke was around right now, you have a couple number ones on the billboard, getting some Grammys, mm-hmm. doing his thing. You know what? Uh, I didn't like dislike this episode. It's a lot of talking to me. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I don't need a lot of action. I'm not the person who needs consistent action all throughout something. I do like having that dialogue and have like that oh shit moment. Like I like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This episode kind of dragged a little bit to me. I don't think I liked it. You know, I liked it. I like stuff like that. So, I don't yeah. Know. You know what my favorite thing is that Geralt does? What's that? Hmm. That's all he does. Uh, <laughs> like, when people say stuff to him, he's like, hmm. hmm. <laughs> I feel you. I think he's tired of people talking. <laughs> you do get tired of people talking sometimes. Yes, a lot. That's why I said this episode was kind of like, it was a lot of dialogue. It wasn't bad because it, it gives you information, which I like. And I, like I said, I don't need consistent like action, but it wasn't horrible. But it wasn't that that great to me either. Action is good. I don't like too much action. But I think for a story like this, it's a good mixture. Mm-hmm. I, I I like the the details. I like the I like the magicalness. Mm-hmm. Like reading books mm-hmm. coming up, I like stuff to take you places. Mm-hmm. So like, I can go get my food. Mm-hmm. I can sit down. Yeah. Or I can just sit back and just go into this world, man. But do you know like? What my favorite thing is about Harry Potter. What's that? Just them being kids and being at school. Oh, hey, yo. Speaking of kids and mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. I ain't going to say it right here, right mm-hmm. now. You ain't got to say it either, but we're going to make an episode about <laughs> that. Yes. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yes. about. Because it's out of control. But my, my favorite part is them being together, being friends, doing extracurricular stuff, and... Just being around the castle and like things like that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the action parts, but I also enjoy, I guess, like the journey of them, like finding information and like, yeah. like I said, just like being kids and like, like Ron going home and being with his, his family and Harry seeing his house for the first time. Like, yeah. I like stuff like that in the story. I like the entire story, but like I said, like, I don't always need it to be full on action at all times. That actually gives me a headache. That's like going to see Transformers at the movie theater. Yeah, they need to turn the speakers down sometime in the theater. Transformers, number one, in the theater is way too loud. And it's so much action sometimes that you cannot see what's going on. I think the best the best part of stories, to me, and the reason probably why I like this episode, mm-hmm. uh, I just like the details of origins. Yeah. I mean, I, I love storytelling. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I, it depends on how you do it for me. Yeah, I, I just I, I always like to see how that author or that screen director, whoever, mm-hmm. or anybody period that could write a good story, even yeah. a good song, yeah, with a just a good setup, is always good to hear. You know. Speaking of good songs, I'm just gonna throw this in here now. So depending on like certain things that we do, we are gonna talk about film scores. Film scores be buzzing. I love film love film scores. Uh, real quick. Yeah. Just since we on that subject. Mm. You put me onto a film scores. 
uh-huh. you know, you always listen to music, like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, so I'm more so in, stay in tune with the music now. Mm-hmm. But the last full one I listened to, I think I sent it to you. Queen and Slim. The Queen and Slim was yeah. pretty good. I cleaned up to it. Yeah. Film scores just take me to a different place. I don't know. It's like I can hear things differently when I'm listening to film scores. Yeah. It, if you get a good score, mm-hmm. it ain't got to be too crazy. It could be like 30 seconds. Here's it's how I know bomb. the film score is good. If I can imagine the scene in my head while right. I'm listening to it. That's the best. You know what? Um, what was I watching? This was probably like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, was, I always wondered how they did film scores. And I was watching something. And I got to find it. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, showing how they did film scores for like Seinfeld and all these other things. And mm-hmm. I was like, bruh, you just can't like make music and then mm-hmm. throw it on something. Mm-hmm. And they just said like they get the, of course they get the the screener first mm-hmm. with nothing behind it. Yeah. And they say, hey, if you got some music for this part mm-hmm. or we want music for this certain part, mm-hmm. they get to watch it. Mm-hmm. And they sit there and it's pure emotion mm-hmm. now, I'm talking about from like a score of somebody that's arranging and composing mm-hmm. it's pure emotion from like the keys and the horns or whatever they choose mm-hmm. to put yeah off of what they see one of my dreams is to be able to be a part of that process I would love to be around to see that hey it's possible especially if it's something that I have like a close like relationship with like they did um a great job with Although I didn't, haven't seen the movie yet, I did listen to the score for the live action of The Lion King. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. And I can, like, of course, like, you can imagine the scenes from, like, watching the cartoon when you were younger. But they just, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it. Went off on a tangent, tangent, but I just had to say that. No, it's fine, man. <laughs> it's fine. Good stuff. I love film scores. They really, really do take my mind to, like, a different place. And I can I don't even have to do anything. I can just lay there and listen to it. Yeah, it's it could be classical, it could be rock, it could be whatever. It could have elements of anything. It could mm. be so simple. Yeah. It could be one minute. It yeah. could be eighteen minutes mm-hmm. broken up into pieces. Yeah. So yeah. And I can't play an instrument, but me and instruments have a relationship. We have like this unspoken relationship. I don't know how. I think it's a spiritual thing, man. It could be. I think it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. It's like with dancing, mm-hmm. uh, music, mm-hmm. instruments, mm-hmm. certain instruments bring certain things out of certain people. Yeah. Some people love strings. Some people love drums. Mm-hmm. Some people love horns, mm-hmm. brass, like yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Sorry, yeah. you went off on the tangent. It's all good, man. <laughs> good stuff, man. Well, that was episode four, and it's actually titled A Banquet's Bastards and Burials. Yeah. So yeah. that was episode four, and then we'll be back next week with episode five. Ta da. We will be. <laughs> and that episode is called Bottled Appetites. Mm. So that's it. All right. Have anything else to add? I don't. All right. Catch us next time on What's the Plot. See you guys next week. All right.